<laughs> Welcome back to episode 55 of Lavio TP, the voice of the people, the podcast about sense, no sense, and nonsense. Here, I have a special guest today. I don't know if she'll actually be speaking today. She'll probably just yell at me because we're going to do a live, uh, or kind of live event. We're just going to talk during the debate, the final debate, the final presidential debate. And, uh, here we both have the stuff and you can't do if and only you have an open mind and the ability to listen. And let's get it going. Unmute, please. Unmute. Obamacare, which is something that the administration has been saying, no, we don't want that. Right. Listen, this is a president who has no shortage of advice, of good advice, of good political advice for a typical candidate or even for people, or for, for somebody like Donald Trump who is anything but typical, people who know him try to coax him into the right direction. And it is not worked over and over again, for whatever reason, before the last debate, every time he says something like going after Anthony Fauci, after the media, you know, pick your, your area where it's been a distraction as opposed to what he has been told to do, focus on the economy, which is the one area where poll shows he's even on par uh, with Joe Biden. Focus on what you were going to do and even talk about some of the accomplishments, things that you promised four years ago, like redo, redoing uh, the trade deal, and he did it. Well, if he sticks to the six topics that the moderator, Kristen Walker, has picked, he'll probably be okay. Uh, one of those topics is not, you know, the, the fever dreams of the far right wing swamps, which is what he seems to be focused on quite a bit. Uh, but there are six topics uh, in addition. Uh, the microphones will be muted during the initial uh, questions. Each candidate will get uh, two minutes to talk. The other candidate's microphone will be muted, and then it goes to the other candidate. And the first candidate's microphone will be muted. Donald Trump uh, gets the first question. He speaks for two minutes, then it goes to Joe Biden. He'll speak for two minutes. Uh, and uh, we'll see what happens. It's obviously a very, very high-stakes night. Uh, with all, everything on the line in this election. Well, it certainly is, and only 12 days left uh, in this uh, election campaign. Uh, the final Two presidential debate of 2020, President Donald Trump, former Vice President Joe Biden, Should I mute when I talk? head-to-head one more time, the last yeah. time we're facing new rules designed to keep them on the rails. <laughs> My guest doesn't want to talk. Pressure right now with this election, <laughs> once again, only 12 days from now. You're looking at live pictures coming in from Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. And we apologize. This is a test just to see if this actually works. Good evening from Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Kristen Welker of NBC News, and I welcome you to the final 2020 presidential debate between President Donald J. Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. Tonight's debate is sponsored by the Commission on Presidential Debates. It is conducted under health and safety protocols designed by the Commission's health security advisor. The audience here in the hall has promised to remain silent. No cheers, boos, or other interruptions, except right now, as we welcome to the stage former Vice President Joe Biden and President Donald J. Trump. Wow, that is so practiced. It's so practiced. Look at him with his mask on. Douchebag. Why do you need it in there? Like, wear it when you need it. Oh, 
How you doing? Very good evening to both of you. This debate will cover six major topics. At the beginning of each section, each candidate will have two minutes uninterrupted to answer my first question. The debate commission will then turn on their microphone only when it is their turn to answer. And the commission will turn it off exactly when the two minutes have expired. After that, both microphones will remain on. But on behalf of the voters, I'm going to ask you to please speak one at a time. The goal is for you to hear each other and for the American people to hear every word of what you both have to say. And so with that, if you're ready, let's start. And we'll begin with the fight against the coronavirus. President Trump, the first question is for you. The country is heading into a dangerous new phase. More than 40,000 Americans are in the hospital tonight with COVID, including record numbers here in Tennessee. And since the two of you last shared a stage, 16,000 Americans have died from COVID. So please be specific. How would you lead the country during this next stage of the coronavirus crisis? Two minutes uninterrupted. So as you know, 2.2 million people modeled out were expected to die. We closed up the greatest economy in the world in order to fight this horrible disease that came from China. It's a worldwide pandemic all over the world. You see the spikes in Europe and many other places right now. Uh, if you notice, the mortality rate is down 85%. Uh, the excess mortality rate is way down and much lower than almost any other country. And we're fighting it and we're fighting it hard. There is a spike. There was a spike in Florida and it's now gone. There was a very big spike in Texas. It's now gone. There was a very big spike in Arizona. It's now gone. And there were some spikes and surges in other places. They will soon be gone. We have a vaccine that's coming. It's ready. It's going to be announced within weeks and it's going to be delivered. We have uh, Operation Warp Speed, which is the military is going to distribute the vaccine. I can tell you from personal experience that uh, I was in the hospital, I had it, and I got better. And I will tell you that uh, I had something that they gave me a therapeutic, I guess they would call it. Some people could say it was a cure, but uh, I was in for a short period of time and I got better very fast or I wouldn't be here tonight. And now they say I'm immune, whether it's four months or a lifetime, nobody's been able to say that, but I'm immune. Uh, more and more people are uh, getting better. We have uh, a problem that's a worldwide problem. This is a worldwide problem, but I've been congratulated by the heads of many countries on what we've been able to do. Uh, with the, if you, if you take a look at what we've done in terms of goggles and masks and gowns and everything else, and in particular ventilators, we're now making ventilators all over the world, thousands and thousands a month, distributing them all over the world. It will go away, and as I say, we're rounding the turn, we're rounding the corner, it's going away. Okay, former Vice President Biden, to you, how would you lead the country out of this crisis? You have two minutes uninterrupted. 220,000 Americans dead. You hear nothing else I say tonight. Do this. Anyone who's responsible for not taking control, in fact, not saying I'm, I take no responsibility initially, anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as President of the United States of America. We're in a situation where there are 1,000 deaths a day now, 1,000 deaths a day. And there are over 70,000 new cases per day. Compared to what's going on in Europe, as the New England Medical General said, they're starting from a very low rate, we're starting from a very high rate. 
The expectation is we'll have another 200,000 Americans dead between time between now and the end of the year. We just wore these masks, the President's own advisors have told me, we could save 100,000 lives. And we're in a circumstance where the President thus far is, still has no plan, no comprehensive plan. What I would do is make sure we have everyone encouraged to wear a mask all the time. <laughs> I would make sure... That's a plan. ...rapid testing, investing in rapid testing. I would make sure that we set up national standards as to how to open up schools and open up businesses so they can be safe and given the wherewithal of financial resources to be able to do that. We're in a situation now where the New England Medical Journal, one of the serious, most serious journals in the, in the whole world, said for the first time ever that this, the way this president has responded to this crisis has been absolutely tragic. And so folks, I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. You wouldn't even close China. You wouldn't even block them from coming. BS. Regeneron, you also said a vaccine will be coming within weeks. Is that a guarantee? Is no, it's not a guarantee. By the end of the year, but I think it has a good chance. There are two companies, I think, within a matter of weeks, and it will be distributed very quickly. Can you tell us which company? Uh, Johnson & Johnson is doing very well, Moderna is doing very well, Pfizer is doing very well, and we have numerous others. And then we also have others that we're working on very closely with other countries, in particular Europe. Let me follow up with you, because this is new information. You have said a vaccine is coming soon within weeks now. Your own officials say it could take well into 2021 at the earliest for enough Americans to get vaccinated. And even then, they say the country will be wearing masks and distancing into 2022. Is your timeline realistic? Do I think my timeline is going to be more accurate? I don't know that they're counting on the military the way I do, but we have our generals lined up, one in particular, that's the head of logistics. And this is a very easy distribution for him. He's ready to go as soon as we have the vaccine. And we expect to have 100 million vials. As soon as we have the vaccine, he's ready to go. Vice President Biden, your reaction of just 40% of Americans say they would definitely agree to take a coronavirus vaccine if it was approved by the government. What steps would you take to give Americans confidence in a vaccine if it were approved? Make sure it's totally transparent. Have the scientists of the world see it, know it, look at it, go through all the processes. And by the way, he's, this is the same fellow who told you this is going to end by Easter last time. This is the same fellow who told you that, don't worry, we're going to end this by the summer. We're about to go into a dark winter, a dark winter, and he has no clear plan and there's no prospect that there's going to be a vaccine available for the majority of the American people before the middle of next year. President Trump, you're reacting. He says you I have no plan. I don't have a dark winter at all. We're opening up our country. We've learned and studied and understand the disease, which we didn't at the beginning. When I closed and banned China from coming in heavily infected and then ultimately Europe, but China was in January. Months later, he was saying I was xenophobic. I did it too soon. Now he's saying, "Oh, I should have, uh, I should have, you know, moved quicker." But he didn't move quicker. He was months behind me, many months behind me. And frankly, he ran the H1N1 swine flu, and it was a total disaster, far less lethal, but it was a total disaster. Had that had this kind of numbers? 700,000 people would be dead right now, but it is a far less lethal disease. Uh, look, his own person who ran that for him, who, as you know, was his uh, chief of staff, said it was catastrophic. 
It was horrible. We didn't know what we were doing. Now he comes up and he tells us how to do this. Well, so everything that he said about the way every single move that he said we should make, that's what we've done. We've done all that. <laughs> but he was way behind us. Vice President Biden, your response? My response is he is xenophobic, but not because he shut down access from China. And he did it late after 40 countries had already done that. In addition to that, what he did, he made sure that we had 44 people that were in there in China trying to get to Wuhan to determine what exactly the source was. What did the president say in January? He said, no, he said, this is, he's being transparent. The president of China is being transparent. We owe him a debt of gratitude. We, ought to, we have to thank him. And, and then what happened was, we started talking about using the Defense Act to make sure we go out and get whatever is needed out there to protect people. And again, I go back to this. He had nothing, he did virtually nothing. And then he gets out of the hospital and he talks about, we're, this is all, don't worry. It's all gonna be over soon. Come on, there's not another- <laughs> I wanted him to say, come on, man. President Trump, your reaction? He didn't say anything then. We have no choice. We can't lock ourselves up in a basement like Joe does. He has the, <laughs> he has the ability to lock himself up. I don't know, he's obviously made a lot of money someplace. But he has this thing about living in a basement. <laughs> yeah. can't do that. Oh my God. The president couldn't do that. I'd love to put myself in the basement or in a beautiful room in the White House and go away for a year and a half until it disappears. I can't do that. And here's it. Every, every meeting I had, every meeting I had, and I'd meet a lot of families, including gold star families and military families. Every meeting I had, and I had to meet them. I had to. It would be horrible to have canceled everything. I said, you know, this is dangerous. And you catch it. And you know, I caught it. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Great doctors, great hospitals. And now I recovered. 99.9 .9 of young people recover. 99% of people recover. We have to recover. We can't close up our nation. We have to open our schools and we can't close up our nation or we're not going to have a nation. Agreed. The CDC has said young people can get sick with COVID-19 and can pass it. Vice President Biden, I want to talk broadly about strategy, though. You have to respond to that. 30 seconds, please, and then I have a question. No, number one, he says that we're, uh, you know, we're learning to live with it. People are learning to die with it. You folks home will have an empty chair at the kitchen table this morning. That man and wife going to bed tonight and reaching over to try to touch their, out of habit where their wife or husband was, is gone. Learning to live with it. Come on. We're dying with it. Because Come on. he's never said, he said it's dangerous. When's the last time? Is it really dangerous still? Are we dangerous? You tell the people it's dangerous now, what should they do about the danger? And you say, I take no responsibility. What do you talk about your Excuse me, I take, I take full responsibility. It's not my fault that it came here, it's China's fault. And you know what? It's not Joe's fault that it came here either. It's China's fault. They kept it from going into the rest of China for the most part, but they didn't keep it from coming out to the world, including Europe and ourselves. The fact is that when we knew it was coming, when it hit, what happened? What did the president say? He said, don't worry, it's going to go away. Be gone by Easter, don't worry. Warm weather, don't worry. Maybe inject bleach. He said he was kidding when he said that. A lot of people thought it was serious. Inject bleach. They got to stop saying that. Even today, he thinks we are in control. We're about to lose 200,000 more people. President Trump. Look, perhaps just to finish this. I was kidding on that, but just to finish this, when I closed, he said, I shouldn't have closed. 
And that went on for months. What Nancy Pelosi said the same thing. She was dancing on the streets in Chinatown. <laughs> dancing in the street. <laughs> this is a terrible thing. You're xenophobic. I think he called me racist even. And because I was closing it to China. Now he says I should have closed it earlier. It just, Joe, it doesn't work. I didn't say either of those things. You certainly did. Liar. I talked about a xenophobia in a different context. Oh, come on. the border to Chinese. He's a liar. All right, I want to talk about both of your different strategies to handle. You thought I shouldn't have closed the border. Well, let's, That's obvious. Is that, do you want to respond to that quickly, Vice President? No. Okay. Let's talk about your different strategies for dealing with this. Mr. Vice President, you suggested you would support new shutdowns if scientists recommended it. What do you say to Americans who are fearful that the cost of shutdowns, the impact on the economy... You can't shut down any longer. ...domestic and substance abuse outweighs the... The other effects... Outweigh the coronavirus. Shut down the virus, not the country. It's his ineptitude that caused the virus, caused the country to have to shut down in large part. Why businesses have gone under, why schools are closed, why so many people have lost their living, and why they're concerned. Those other concerns are real. That's why he should have been, instead of in a sand trap in his golf course, he should have been negotiating with Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the Democrats and Republicans about what to do about the acts they were passing for billions of dollars to make sure people... They don't want to meet us. But you haven't ruled out more shutdowns. Well, no, I, I'm not shutting down today, but there are... Look, we need standards. The standard is if you have a reproduction rate in a community that's above a certain level, everybody says, slow up. More social distancing. Do not open bars and do not open gymnasiums. Do not open until you get this under control, under more control. But when you do open, give the people the capacity to be able to open and have the capacity to do it safely. For example, schools. Schools, they need a lot of money to open. They need to deal with ventilation systems. They need to deal with smaller classes, more teachers, more pods. And he refused to support that money, or at least up to now. Let's talk about schools. President well, Trump, I, I think you... we have to respond, if I might. Please, and then I have a follow-up. Thank you, and I appreciate that. Look, all he He's being very good today. But forget about him. These Democrat governors, Cuomo in New York, you look at what's going on in California, you look at Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Democrats, Democrats all, they're shut down so tight, and they're dying. They're dying. And he supports all these people. All he talks about is shutdowns. No, we're not going to shut down, and we have to open our schools. And it's like, as an example, I have a young son. He also tested positive. By the time I spoke to the doctor the second time, he was fine. It just went away. Young people, I guess it's their immune system. Let me follow up with you, President Trump. You've demanded schools open in person and insist they can do it safely. But just yesterday, Boston became the latest city to move its public school system entirely online after a coronavirus spike. What is your message to parents? That's stupid. That is so stupid. will endanger not only their kids, but also their teachers and families. I want to open the schools. The transmittal rate to the teachers is... Uh, very small, but I want to open the schools. We have to open our country. We're not going to have a country. You can't do this. We can't keep this country closed. This is a massive country with a massive economy. People are losing their jobs. They're committing suicide. There's depression, alcohol, drugs at a level that nobody's ever seen before. There's abuse, tremendous abuse. We have to open our country. You know, I've said it often. The cure cannot be worse than the problem itself. And that's what's happening. And he wants to close down. He'll close down the country if one person in our in our massive bureaucracy says we should close it down. Vice President Biden, you're simply not true. 
<laughs> you can't do either. But when they need resources to open, you need to be able to, for example, if you're going to open a business, have social distancing within the business. You need to have, if you have a restaurant, you need to have plexiglass dividers so people cannot infect one another. You need to be in a position where you can take testing rapidly and know whether a person is, in fact, infected. You need to be able to trace. You need to be able to provide the, all the resources that are needed to do this. And that is not inconsistent with saying that what we're going to make sure that we open safely. And by the way, all your teachers out there, not that many of you are going to die, so don't worry about it. So don't worry about it. Come on. Come on. Come on. I will say this. If you go and look at what's happened to New York, it's a ghost town. It's a ghost town. And when you talk about plexiglass, these are restaurants that are dying. These are businesses with no money. Putting up plexiglass is unbelievably expensive, and it's not the answer. I mean, you're going to sit there in a cubicle wrapped around with plastic. It's, these are businesses that are dying, Joe. You can't do that to people. You just can't. Take a look at New York and what's happened to my wonderful city for, for so many years. I love it. It was vibrant. It's dying. Everyone's leaving New York. Take a look at what New York has done in terms of turning the curve down in terms of the number of people dying. And I don't look at this in terms of the way he does, blue states and red states. They're all the United States. And look at the states that are having such a spike in the coronavirus. They're the red states. They're the states in the Midwest. They're the states in the I thought that you didn't consider them red and blue states. But they're all American. They're all American. And what we have to do is say, wear these masks, number one. Make sure we get the help that the businesses need that has money's already been passed to do that. It's been out there since the beginning of the summer, and nothing's happened. And the blue states are worse. More than 40,000 people, 11,000 people in nursing homes. When you say spike, take a look at what's happening in Pennsylvania, where they've had it closed. Take a look at what's happening with your friend in Michigan, where her husband's the only one allowed to do anything. It's for a prison. Now it was just ruled unconstitutional. Take a look at North Carolina. They're having spikes, and they've been closed, and they're getting killed financially. We can't let that happen, Joe. You can't let that happen. We have to open up, and we understand the disease. We have to protect our seniors. We have to protect our elderly. We have to protect especially our seniors with heart problems and diabetes problems, and we will protect them. We have the best testing in the world by far. That's why we have so many cases. Let me follow up with you before we move on to our next section. President Trump, this week you called Dr. Anthony Fauci the nation's best-known infectious disease expert. He's a hack. He is a hack. He goes out for, like, model shots now. Idiots, if you're not listening to them, who are you listening to? Let, let, like I'm listening to all of them, including Anthony. I get along very well with Anthony, but he did say, don't wear masks. He did say, as you know, this is not going to be a problem. Uh, I think he's a Democrat, but that's okay. He said, this is not going to be a problem. And we are not going to have a problem at all. When Joe says that I said, Anthony Fauci said, and others, and many others, and I'm not knocking him a lot. Nobody knew. Look, nobody knew what this thing was. Nobody knew where it was coming from, what it was. We've learned a lot. But Anthony said, don't wear masks. Now he wants to wear masks. Anthony also said, if you look back, exact words, here's his exact words. This is no problem. This is going to go away soon. So he's allowed to make mistakes. He happens to be a good person. Vice President Biden, your response quickly. Yeah, no one knows. It's a disease, people. It's a virus.
He was told this was a serious virus that spread in the air, and it was much worse than, much worse than the flu. Everybody's been wrong about this thing so far. One of your colleagues recorded that in fact things change. How dangerous it was, but he didn't want to tell us. He didn't want to tell us because he didn't want us to panic. He didn't want us. Americans don't panic. He panicked. But guess what? In the meantime, we find out in the New York Times the other day that in fact his folks on Wall Street said this is a really dangerous thing, and a memo out of that meeting, not from his administration, but from some of the brokers, said sell short because we got to get movement. It's a dangerous problem. Well, this is I'm going to give you 30 seconds to respond and then we're going to move on. I don't know. Somebody went to Wall Street. You're the one that takes all the money from Wall Street. I don't take it. <laughs> you, you have raised a lot of money, tremendous amounts of money. And every time you raise money, deals are made. You know? I could raise so much more money as president and as somebody that knows most of those people. I could call the heads of Wall Street, the heads of every company in America. I would blow away every record, but I don't want to do that because it puts me in a bad position. And then you bring up Wall Street. You shouldn't be bringing up Wall Street because you're the one that takes the money from Wall Street, not me. My, I could blow away your records that, like you wouldn't believe. We don't need money. We have plenty of money. In fact, we beat Hillary Clinton with a tiny fraction of the money that she was able. All right, gentlemen, we're going to move on. Don't tell me the average contribution forty-three dollars. All right, we're going to move on to our next section, which is national security, and I do want to start with the security of our elections and some breaking news from overnight. Just last night. Top intelligence officials confirmed again that both Russia and Iran are working to influence this election. We got pizza, by the way, just a heads up, so I might be quiet for a little while. And Iran sent intimidating messages to Florida voters. Yummy. This yummy, question yummy, yummy, goes yummy. to you, Mr. Vice President. What would you do to put an end to this threat? You have two minutes uninterrupted. I made it clear, and I ask everyone else to take the pledge. I made it clear that any country, no matter who it is, that interferes in American elections will pay a price. They will pay what a price. What price? Paying it to you? It's overwhelmingly clear this election, I won't even get into the last one, this election, well, that Russia has been involved, China has been involved with some degree, right. and now we learn that, that, uh, that uh, Iran is involved. They will pay a price if I'm elected. They're interfering with American sovereignty. That's what's going on right now. They're interfering with American sovereignty. And to the best of my knowledge, I don't think the president said anything to Putin about it. I don't think he's talking a lot. I don't think he said a word. I don't know why he hadn't said a word to Putin about it. And I don't know what he has recently said, if anything, to the Iranians. My guess is he'd probably be more outspoken with regard to the Iranians. But the point is this, folks. We are in a situation where we have foreign company countries trying to interfere in the outcome of our elections. His own, own national security advisor told him that what is happening with his buddy, well, I shouldn't well, I mean, here. his buddy Rudy Giuliani, he's being used as a Russian pawn. He's being fed information that is Russian, that is not true. And then what happens? Nothing happens. And then you find out that everything is going on here about Russia is wanting to make sure that I do not get elected the next president of the United States because they know I know them and they know me. I don't understand why this president is unwilling to take on Putin when he's actually paying bounties to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan. He is not doing that and he's tougher on Putin. Trying to destabilize all of NATO. I don't know why he doesn't do it but it's worth asking the question. Slap him back, Trump. Slap him back. Any country that interferes with us will, in fact, pay a price because they're affecting our sovereignty. President Trump, 
Same question to you. Let me have, let me ask the pressure to have two minutes to respond. For two elections in a row, there has been substantial interference from foreign adversaries. What would you do in your next term to put an end to it? Two minutes. Let me respond to the first part as your answer. Joe got three and a half million dollars from Russia, and it came through Putin because he was very friendly with the former mayor of Moscow, and it was the mayor of Moscow's wife, and we got three and a half million dollars. Your family got three and a half million dollars, and you know, someday you're gonna to have to explain why did you get three and a half, I never got any money from Russia. I don't get money from Russia. Now, about your thing last night, I knew all about that, and through John, who is, John Ratcliffe, who is fantastic, he and I, he said, the one thing that's common to both of them, they both want you to lose because there has been nobody tougher to Russia with, between the sanctions. Nobody tougher than me on Russia. Between the sanctions, between I like all the mini of what I've done with NATO. You know, I've got the NATO countries to put like the big an extra $130 billion going to $420 billion a year. That's to guard against Russia. I sold, while he was selling pillows and sheets, I sold tank busters to Ukraine. There has been nobody tougher on Russia than Donald Trump. And I'll tell you, they were so bad. They took over the, the submarine port. You remember that very well. During your term, during you and Barack Obama, they took over a big part of what should have been Ukraine. You handed it to them. But you were getting a lot of money from Russia. They were paying you a lot of money. And they probably still are. But now, with what came out today, it's even worse. All of the emails, the emails, the horrible emails of the kind of money that you were raking in, you and your family. And Joe, you were vice president when some of this was happening, and it should have never happened. And I think you owe an explanation to the American people. Yes. Why is it? Somebody just had a nasty answer a little while ago who was essentially supposed to work with you and your family. But what he said was damning. And Regardless of me, I think you have to clean it up and talk to the American people. Maybe you can do it right now. Ooh. Vice President Biden, you may respond. Can I follow up on the election security? I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. We learned this president paid 50 times the tax in China, has a secret bank account with China, does business in China, and in fact is talking about me taking money. I have not taken a single penny from any country it's in the emails, buddy. Ever. Number one. Number two, this is a president. I have released all of my tax returns. 22 years. Go look at them. 22 years of my tax return. You have not released a single solitary year of your tax return. What are you hiding? Why are you unwilling? You don't even contribute to your own fucking Obamacare. Russia's paying you a lot. China's paying you a lot. And your hotels and all your businesses all around the country. All around the world, and China's building a new road to a new ga a, a, a golf course you have overseas. So what's going on here? Why don't release your tax return or stop talking about corruption? President Trump, your response. First of all, I called my accountants under audit. I'm going to release them as soon as we can. I want to do it, and it will show how successful, how great this company is. But much more importantly than that, people were saying seven hundred and fifty dollars. I asked them a week ago. I said. What did I pay? They said, sir, you prepaid tens of millions of dollars. I prepaid my tax. Tens over the last number of years. Tens of millions of dollars I prepaid. Because at some point they think it's an estimate. They think I may have to pay tax. So 
I already prepaid it. Nobody told me that. Nobody told you that. Excuse me. And it wasn't written whenever they write this. They keep talking about $750, which I think is a filing fee. But let me just tell you, <laughs> I prepaid millions and millions of dollars in taxes. Number one. Number two, I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe. And your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10% to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know, maybe you're not. But you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10% to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? It's terrible. All right, gentlemen, I want to ask you both some questions about all of this. I'm going to let you both respond very quickly. You just said the big man yes. about potentially releasing your taxes. Did he tell you when you can release them? Do you as have a the deadline for when you're going to release them? I get treated people? worse than the Tea Party got treated. Because I have a lot of people in there, deep down in the IRS, they treat me horribly. We made a deal, it was all settled until I decide to run for president. I get treated very badly by the IRS, very unfairly. But we had a deal all done. As soon as we're completed with the deal, I want to release it. But I have paid millions and millions of dollars, and I, it's worse than paying. I paid in advance. It's called prepaying your taxes. Okay. I paid in advance. I want to ask you both about questions regarding your potential foreign entanglements and questions that have been raised to give you both a chance to, to talk about this more broadly. Respond very quickly, and then I'll get to my questions. Why did he, he's been saying this for four years? Show us. Just show us. Stop playing. Then why don't you answer the question? He'll show you answer. Nobody knows, Mr. President. What they do know is you're not paying taxes or you're paying taxes that are so low when last time he said what he paid he said i only pay that little because i'm smart i know how to game the system come on come on so president trump and then i want to get to questions come on come on i was put through a phony witch hunt for three years it started before i even got elected they spied on my campaign no president should ever have to go through what I went through. Let me just say this. Mueller and 18 angry Democrats and FBI agents all over the place spent $48 million. They went through everything I had, including my tax returns, and they found absolutely no collusion and nothing wrong. $48 million. I guarantee you if I spent $1 million on you, Joe, I could find plenty wrong. Because the kind of things that you've done and the kind of money that your family has taken, I mean, your brother made money in Iraq, millions of dollars. Your other brother made a fortune, and it's all through you, Joe, and they say you get some of it, and you do live very well. You have houses all over the place. You live very well. All right, gentlemen, let me just ask some questions. I think Biden's looking really bad, like just facially. He looks like he's a scumbag. Ukrainian energy company when you were vice president. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? Nothing was unethical. Here's what the deal. With regard to Ukraine, we had this whole question about whether or not, because he was on the board, I later learned Burisma, a company, that somehow I had done something wrong. Yet every single solitary person when he was going through his impeachment, testifying under oath who worked for him, said, I did my job impeccably. I carried out US policy. Not one single solitary thing without a line. Not a single thing, number one. Number two, the guy who got in trouble in Ukraine was this guy trying to bribe the Ukrainian government to say something negative about me, which they would not do in 
did not do because it never, ever, ever happened. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking like, about? I don't China. know how you could view physical evidence. The only guy made money from China is this guy, the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. President Trump, let me, let me ask my question to you. Wait, could I just want one thing? Very good. His son didn't have a job for a long time. Was sadly no longer in the military service. I won't get into that. But he didn't have a job. As soon as he became vice president, Burisma, not the best, not the best reputation in the world. I hear they paid him 183,000 a month. Listen to this. 183, and they gave him a three million dollar upfront payment. All right. And he had no energy. I'm going to let the vice president respond to that quickly, and then I need to get to a question to you. Very no basis for that. Everybody investigated that. No one said anything he did was wrong in Ukraine. Okay, President Trump. Since you took what normal person gets that kind of perk? Your properties abroad. report this week, which was referenced, does indicate that your company has a bank account in China. So how can voters know that you don't have any foreign conflicts of interest? I have many bank accounts, and they're all listed, and they're all over the place. I mean, I was a businessman doing business. The bank account you're referring to, which is everybody knows about it, it's listed. Oh, the I'll bank account was in 2013. That's what it was. It was open to do. He said that nothing was wrong with his son getting like 180,000 a month and three million dollars up front. Like, what normal person gets that? Like when they haven't had a job and they know nothing of that subject. I decided not to do it, had an account open, and I closed it. Okay. Excuse me. And then, unlike him, where he's vice president and he does business, I then decided to run for president after that. That was before. So I closed it before I even ran for president, let alone became president. Big difference. He is the vice president of the United States. And his son, his brother, and his other brother are getting rich. They're like a vacuum cleaner. They're sucking up money. Now, Lola, she's cut him off so many times already. Let's talk about China more broadly. There have, of course, President Trump has said that they should pay for not being fully transparent in regards to the coronavirus. If you were president, would you make China pay? And please be specific yeah, what would that look like? What I think China do is play by the international rules, not like he has He has caused the deficit of China to go up, not down, with China, up, not down. We are making sure that in order to do business with China, you have to give all your intellectual property. You have to get a, have a partner in China is 51%. We would not do that at all, number one. Number two, we're in a situation where China would have to play by the rules internationally as well. When I met with Xi that, and uh, when I was still vice president, he said we're setting up air identification zones in the, in the South China Sea. You can't fly through them. I said, we're going to fly through them. We just flew B-52, B-1 bombers through it. We're not going to pay attention. They have to play by the rules. What's he do? He embraces guys like the thugs like in North Korea and and uh, and the Chinese president and Putin and others, and he pokes his finger in the eye of all of our friends, all of our allies. We make up only, we're with 25%, 25%. China's a real friend. We need to be having the rest of our friends with us saying to China, these are the rules. You play by them or you're going to pay the price for not paying by them. And, and they should be paying a price. You just said they... That's what we did, uh, steel tariffs and a range of other things when we were president. What's worse than sending a virus out into the world?
China to Dodge after true. spending 10 minutes in the office and being in Air Force Two. Number one. Number two, there's a very strong email talking about your family wanting to make $10 million a year for introductions. President Trump, on China policy, sure. though, what no, no, are you going to do? Why does this moderator keep interrupting him? To make China pay. You said you're First of all, China is paying. They're paying billions and billions of dollars. I just gave $28 billion. I just gave Would she shut up? Hey, shut up, Joe. Taxpayers money. No, yeah, you know the taxpayers. It's called China. China paid <laughs> billion, and you know what they did to pay it, Joe? They devalued their currency, and they also paid up. And you know who got the money? Our farmers, our great farmers, because they were targeted. You never charged them anything. Also, I charged them 25% on dumped steel mm, because they were killing our steel industry. We were not going to have much a steel industry. Okay. And now we have a steel okay. Why did you specify your response, please? My response is, look, this isn't about, there's a reason why he's bringing up all this malarkey. There's a reason for it. He doesn't want to talk about the, the, the Irish. It's not about his family and my family. It's about your family. And your family's hurting bad. Don't fall for this crap, less, people. It's not family, me or him, it's you. Like, right now. Listen to the issues. But we can't get new tires revolved because we have to wait another month or so. Or are we going to be able to pay the mortgage? Who's going to tell her she can't go back to, to community college? They're the decisions you're making. The middle class families like I grew up in Scranton and Claymont. They're in trouble. We should be talking about your families, but that's the last thing he wants to talk about. I want to, is a, I want to talk about North Korea. I do want to turn to... Shut up. political statement. Let's get off this China thing, and then he looks. The family, around the table, everything. Just a typical <laughs> yes. politician. Let's talk about North Korea. Why does she keep interrupting Trump? Let's get off the subject of China. Let's talk around, sitting around the table. All right. Come on, Joe, you can do better. We're going to talk about <laughs> Korea now. President Trump met with Great line. But this moderator is really Trump pissing me off. She hasn't interrupted old Joe, like, once. And once it gets juicy... Do you see that as a betrayal of the relationship we no. forged? Just 30 seconds here because we need to get on to the next So when I met with Barack Obama, we sat in the White House. Right at the beginning, had a great conversation. It was supposed to be 15 minutes, and it was well over an hour. He said the biggest problem we have with North is North Korea. He indicated we will be in a war with North Korea. Guess what? It would be a nuclear war. And he does have plenty of nuclear capability. In the meantime, I have a very good relationship with him. Different kind of a guy, but he probably thinks the same thing about me. We have a different kind of a relationship. We have a very good relationship, and there's no war. And you know, about oh, two months ago, he broke into a certain area. They said, oh, there's going to be trouble. I said, no, they're not, because he's not going to do that. And I was right. Instead of being in a war where millions of people, Seoul, you know, is 25 miles away, millions and millions, 32 million people in Seoul, millions of people would be okay. dead right now. President we Trump, that's 30 seconds. Vice President Biden, to you, North Korea conducted four nuclear tests under the Obama administration. Why do you think you would be able to rein in this persistent threat? Because I'd make it clear, which we were making clear to China, they had to be part of the deal, because here's the reason. I made it clear as a spokesperson of the administration when I went to China, that they said, why are you moving your missile defense up so close? Why are you moving more forces here? Why are you continuing to do uh, um, uh, military maneuvers with South Korea? I said, because North Korea is a problem. 
and we're going to continue to do it so we can control them. We're going to make sure we can control them and make sure they cannot hurt us. And so if you want to do something about it, step up and help. If not, it's going to continue. What has he done? He's legitimized North Korea. He's talked about his good buddy who's a thug, a thug, and he talks about how we're better off. And they are have much more capable missiles, able to reach U.S. territory much more easily than ever did before. Let me follow up with you, Vice President Biden. You said you wouldn't meet with Kim Jong-un without preconditions. Are there any conditions under which you would meet with him? On the condition that he would agree that he would be drawing down his nuclear capacity to get that the Korean Peninsula should be nuclear-free zone. All right, let's move on to American families. They tried to meet with him. They tried to meet with him. He wouldn't do it. He didn't like Obama. He didn't like him. He wouldn't do it. Okay, I got a chance to respond to that before we do it. It's okay. You know what? North Korea, we're not in a war. We have a good relationship. You know, people love us. Having a good relationship with leaders of other countries. We have a lot of questions to get to. And we had a good relationship with Hitler before he, in fact, invaded Europe, the rest of Europe. Come on. The reason he would not be with President that, Obama. That line is getting Obama so said, old. We're going to talk about denuclearization. We're not going to legitimize you. We're going to continue to put stronger and stronger sanctions on you. That's why he wouldn't meet with us. All right, let's move on. Let's move on and talk about American He left me a mess, President Trump. Okay, we need to They left me a mess. North Korea was a mess. And in fact, if you remember the first two or three months, there was a very dangerous period in my first three months before we sort of worked things out a little bit. There was a very They left us a mess. And Obama would be, I think, the first to say it was the single biggest problem, he thought, that our country. Okay, let's move on to American families and the economy. One of the issues that's most important to them is health care, as you both know. Today there was a key vote of a new Supreme Court Justice, Amy Coney Barrett, and health care is at the center of her confirmation fight. Over 20 million Americans get their health insurance through the Affordable Care Act. It's headed to the Supreme Court. And your administration, Mr. President, is advocating for the court to overturn it. If the Supreme Court does overturn that law, those 20 million Americans could lose their health insurance almost overnight. So what would you do if those people have their health insurance taken away? You have two minutes uninterrupted. First of all, I've already done something that nobody thought was possible. Through the legislature, I terminated the individual mandate. That is the worst part of Obamacare, as we call it. I had to pay for that. We have to pay a fortune for the privilege of not having to pay for bad health insurance. I terminated. It's gone. Now it's in court because Obamacare is no good. But then I made a decision. Run it as well as you can to my people, great people. Run it as well as you can. I could have gone the other route and made everybody very unhappy. They ran it. Uh, Premiums are down. Everything's down. Here's the problem. No matter how well you run it, it's no good. What we'd like to do is terminate it. We have the individual mandate done. I don't know that it's going to work. If we don't win, we will have to run it and we'll have Obamacare, but it'll be better run. But it no longer is Obamacare because without the individual mandate, it's much different. Pre-existing conditions will always stay. What I would like to do is a much better healthcare, much better, will always protect people with pre-existing. So I'd like to terminate Obamacare, come up with a brand new beautiful healthcare The Democrats will do it because there'll be tremendous pressure on them, and we might even have the House by that time, and I think we're going to win the House, okay? You'll see, but I think we're going to win the House. But come up with a better 
always protecting people with pre-existing conditions. And one thing very important, we have 180 million people out there that have great private health care, far more than we're talking about with Obamacare. Joe Biden is going to terminate all of those policies. These are people that love their health care, people that have been successful, middle-income people, been successful. They have 180 million plants, 180 million people, families, under what he wants to do, which will basically be socialized medicine, he won't even have a choice, they want to terminate 180 million plants. We have done an incredible job on health care, and we're going to do even better. Okay, Vice President Biden, yes, this is for you. Your health care plan calls for building on Obamacare. So my question is, what is your plan if the law is ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court? You have two minutes uninterrupted. What I'm going to do is pass Obamacare with a public option to become Bidencare. Public option is an option that says that they're so like into themselves. Do not have the wherewithal to be. If you qualify for Medicaid and you do not have the wherewithal within your state to get Medicaid, you automatically enroll, providing competition for insurance companies. That's what's going to happen. Secondly, we're going to make sure we reduce the premiums and reduce drug prices by making sure that there's competition that doesn't exist now by allowing the Medicare to mm. negotiate drug prices with the insurance companies. Thirdly, the idea that I want to eliminate private insurance, the reason why I had such a fight for with 20 candidates for the nomination was I support private insurance. That's why I did not one single person with private insurance would lose their insurance under my plan, nor did they under Obamacare. They did not lose their insurance unless they chose they wanted to go to something else. Lastly, we're going to make sure we're in a situation that we actually protect pre-existing. There's no way he can protect pre-existing conditions. None. Zero. You can't do it in the ether. He's been talking about this for a long time. There is no, he's never come up with a plan. I guess we're going to get the pre-existing condition plan the same time we get the infrastructure plan that we've been waiting for since 17, 18, 19, and 20. The fact, I still have a little few more minutes. I know you're getting anxious. The, <laughs> the fact is that He's already cost the American people because of this terrible handling of the COVID virus and economic spillover. Ten million people have lost their private insurance. And he wants to take away 22 million more people who have it under Obamacare and over 110 million people with pre-existing conditions. And all the people from COVID are going to have pre-existing conditions. What are they going to do? I have a follow-up for you, Vice President Biden. It relates to something that President Trump said. He's accusing you of wanting socialized medicine. What do you say to people who have concerns that your health care plan, which includes a government insurance option, takes the country one step closer to a health care system run entirely by the government? What's I say it's ridiculous. It's like saying that, you know, we're uh, the idea that the fact that there's a public option that people can choose, that makes it a socialist plan. Look. The difference between the president, I think health care is not a privilege, it's a right. Everyone should have the right to have affordable health care. And I am very proud of my plan. It's gotten endorsed by all the major labor unions as well as as well as a whole range of other people who in fact are concerned in the medical field. This is something that's going to save people's lives. And this is going to give some people an opportunity, an opportunity to have health care for their children. How many of you home are worried and rolling around in bed tonight wondering what in God's name are you going to do if you get sick? Because you've lost your home insurance, your, your, your health insurance, your company's gone. We have to provide health insurance for people at an affordable rate. And that's what I do.
President Trump, me, he was there response. for 47 years. He didn't do it. He was now there as vice president for eight years, and it's not like it was 25 years ago. It was three and three quarters. It was just a little while ago, right? Yeah, why didn't he do it? He didn't do anything. He didn't do it. He wants socialized medicine, and it's not that he wants it. His vice president, I mean, she is, is more liberal than Bernie Sanders and wants it even more. Bernie Sanders wants it. The Democrats want it. You're going to have socialized medicine, just like you want it with fracking. We're not going to have fracking. We're going to stop fracking. We're going to stop fracking. Then he goes to Pennsylvania after he gets a nomination where he got very lucky to get it. And he goes to Pennsylvania and he says, oh, we're going to have fracking. And you never ask that question. And by the way, so far, I respect very much the way you're handling this. I have to say. By the way. But somebody should ask the question. You can he, ask he goes for a year. There will be we have a, we have, we will do have a number of we have a number of topics. No, but that's a big, that's a big question. We're going to get to we're going to get to the same thing with socialized. Your response, please. My response is: people deserve to have affordable health care. Period. 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 I was going to ask answer the fracking thing. Those who will in fact provide for that affordable health care, lower premiums. What we're going to do is going to cost some money. It's going to cost over seven hundred fifty billion dollars over ten years to do it. And they're going to have lower premiums. You can buy into the better plans, mm. the cheaper plans, lower your premiums, deal with un un unexpected billing, and have your drug prices drop significantly. He keeps talking about it. He hasn't done a thing for anybody on health care. Not a thing. Very when he says, I want to talk when about he says public health, health, he's talking about socialized medicine and, when he, and, and health care. When he talks about a public option, he's talking about destroying your Medicare. Totally destroyed, and destroying your social security and this whole country will come down you know bernie sanders tried it in his state he tried it in his state his governor was a very liberal governor they want to make it work okay it, let's hear it was impossible to work it doesn't work he's a very confused guy he thinks he's running against somebody else he's running against joe biden i beat all those other people because i disagreed with them joe biden he's running against and the idea that we're in a situation that they're going to destroy Medicare. This is the guy that the actuary of Medicare said, if in fact, at Social Security, if in fact he continues to withhold his plan to withhold the tax on Social Security, Social Security will be bankrupt in by 2023 with no way to make up for it. This is the guy who's tried to cut Medicare. So, no, I don't, I mean, the idea that Donald Trump is lecturing me on Social Security and Medicare? Come on. He tried to get Ten rid of, he tried to hurt Social Security years ago. Years ago. Go back and look at the records. He tried to hurt Social Security years ago. But this is the guy that when they announced Why? Why? Does she keep interrupting? Why does he get to respond? What the hell is wrong with this crap? What's happening? Where I come from in Scranton and Claymont, the people don't live off of the stock market. Just in the uh, just in the last three uh, three years during this crisis, so the, the billionaires in this country made according to when he talks, the it doesn't sound strong. Seven hundred you know? billion more dollars. Seven hundred billion more dollars, because that's his only measure. What happens to the ordinary people out there? Oh no. What to them? I can only record for 60 minutes. We're at 55 minutes right now. We're gonna move on. 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 We're gon
That's like one of the, he lived there for a short period we're gonna, of time. We're, <laughs> we're gonna move on to the next question. And the people of Pennsylvania. Let me we'll move on to my next question, Jamie. As of tonight, more than twelve million people are out of work and as of tonight. Darn it, I'm gonna have to cut this, people. I'm gonna have to cut it. And more families are going hungry every day. Those hit hard for women a couple minutes. They see Washington Maybe I should cut it now. Mr. President, why haven't you been able to get them the help they need? 30 seconds here. Because Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to approve it. I do. But you're the president. I do, but I still have to get her. Unfortunately, that's one of the reasons I think we're going to take... The hell does that mean? You're the president. Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to approve anything because she'd love to have... president doesn't hammer down shit. On a date called November 3rd, Nancy Pelosi does not want to approve it. We are ready, willing, and able to do something. Don't forget, we've already approved three plans and it's gone through including the democrats in all fairness this one she doesn't want it's near the election because she thinks it helps her politically i think it hurts her politically all right mr vice president you know, the republican leader in the 